Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, bringing you a magical experience to help you release the weight from your body and soul. The holidays are coming up. I can't believe it. We are one week out from Halloween, if you celebrate Halloween. And, you know, then we have Thanksgiving coming up in the States at the end of November, Christmas, Hanukkah, any of the holidays that you celebrate in December are right around the corner. And we want the holidays to feel magical, but oftentimes they feel anything but magical, don't they? It feels more like the season for food temptations and sugar everywhere. You've got people that you have to see talking about topics that you don't want to talk about, food pushers that are like, oh, just have a bite, try, try what I made, foods that are only available at this time of the year and you feel like you're just missing out. And you're feeling like you might as well just say screw it until January and you're feeling anxious because you're getting close to the end of the year and you're judging yourself for not being further along in your goals or you're worried about all the people that you have to see who they're going to be judging you. Well, the holidays can be magical. You don't have to wait until after the next holiday or the holiday season to prioritize your health. You don't have to resign yourself to stress and exhaustion and deprivation and discomfort and shame over the holiday season. So I actually have a free resource for you guys that I'm so excited to share with you, and it's called the Self-Care Keto Holiday Guide. And like I said, it's free, and I want you to get your hands on this today, download it, and start going through it because there is a fantastic sugar cookie recipe for trick-or-treat coming up. So you can get your hands on this right away. But in the holiday guide, you're going to get a plan to navigate the food opportunities of the holidays from a mindset of self-care. It's got a 50-page, easy-to-use, downloadable and printable guide, 26 easy keto holiday recipes, a holiday planner exercise that you can reuse holiday after holiday, year after year, and it even has a bonus emotional eating exercise in it. So I want you guys to enjoy this resource. It's so value-packed. It's got everything that you need to stay keto or low-carb over the holidays if that's what you'd like to do. And if you don't want to do low carb or keto over the holidays, this will help you with that too. So it's got the strategy and it's got all the mindset stuff to help you to be able to succeed anywhere, whether you're going to be at home, whether you're going to be at somebody else's house, even at a restaurant or traveling, and you'll feel in control. You'll have zero regrets. You'll actually have a holiday plan that's focused on what you will enjoy because it's your holiday too. And you'll be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after the holiday, no drama. So head over to bit.ly slash self-care keto holiday to download the free guide. The link is in the show notes. You can press pause right now. Go get your hands on it. I want you to have it. So in today's episode, I'm actually going to be sharing um, an Instagram live video that I did around Easter time, Um, but it's talking about four steps to navigating a successful low-carb holiday. And of course, it applies to any holiday at all. You might hear me do some references to Easter in it. I try to edit them out as much as possible, but you'll probably still hear a few in there. Um, But all of it, of course, applies to any of the upcoming holidays that you're going to be celebrating. So I know how challenging it can be. I know how stressful it can be, and it doesn't have to be that way, you guys. I um, have put a lot of thought and effort into this holiday guide for you to serve as a resource for you to really treat not only food, but the time with your loved ones. 
the intent that you pour into it, the quality time, the relaxation that hopefully you'll get all of it from a mindset of self-care. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. And I hope that you will head on over and download that holiday guide, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Again, it's a free resource and yeah, stay tuned for the episode. Um, Just a couple of announcements before we get into the episode, because I want to give you guys a sneak peek into where we're heading from now through the end of the year, because it is just going to fly by. I cannot believe that we are basically two months left of 2022. It's absolutely insane. So I know that... um, you know, the end of the year can be a really, really challenging time for, especially for emotional eating, because we've got all the stress, right? Um, Again, we're kind of like stressing out and beating ourselves up for like all of the things that we thought we would accomplish in 2022 and not being as far along as we thought we should be and beating ourselves up. And that feels stressful. Um, There's just so many extra events this time of year. Again, we're running into people that we haven't seen in a long time. And we're worried about how other people are thinking about our body. And it's just, it's just so sad and it can be so stressful, right? So I know that emotional eating can be a really big thing this time of year. Of course, we all deal with emotional eating and stress all year round, but it just really picks up this time of year. And also, you know, family stress and family drama and grief resurfacing. I don't know if, you know, you guys have lost anybody that's close to you, but I have. And around this time of year, you tend to just think of them more often and you feel that gap in your life more often. And when the grief resurfacing, it can really cause us to lean back on the coping mechanisms that are the most familiar to us, which oftentimes is eating. And so over the next six weeks after um, this week's episode, actually seven weeks, I'm going to be sharing a bunch of information on emotional eating, a bunch of resources on how we can actually reduce our emotional eating. I don't think it's actually possible to completely eliminate it. And so I hate setting that as like the standard, right? Like, and if anybody's out there telling you like, I can help you cure your emotional eating or like eliminate it, you'll never emotionally eat again. Like, I think that's just so um, unrealistic and really it sets us up to just judge ourselves and feel like failures, but it's totally possible to reduce your emotional eating. I am living proof of that. I used to emotionally eat like every single day, right? And so if that's where you are, I have hope for you, okay? You can make progress in this area of your life. And I'm going to give you tools and resources and mindset shifts and actual exercises, things you can do, like physical exercises that you can do with your body, um, journal prompts that you can do with your mind, all of the things to help you reduce your emotional eating. And keto certainly is a tool that has helped me to reduce my emotional eating, but it did not cure it. I often just found myself emotionally eating on keto foods. And so if that's you, you know, please know you're not alone. That's normal and it's okay. Um, emotional eating, it can be a really, really helpful tool, honestly. Um, but it can also backfire and be harmful in our lives. And it's, it's, um, it's a spectrum of how maladaptive this is in one person's life compared to another person's life. The bottom line is that, you know, there's nothing moral about it. There's no judgment or shame to be had about it. It's just that, is it keeping you back from your goals? Is it keeping you back from the life that you deserve? And if it is, then there's things that you can do. So over the next seven weeks after this week, I'm going to be really focusing in on emotional eating, tools and tips and tricks and hacks and all the things to help you um, work on that area of your life. And also I'm going to be giving you 
not only this free holiday guide over the holiday season, but a free emotional eating class, an hour and a half long class with worksheets and journal prompts and all of the things to help you um, in addition to covering it in the podcast over the next seven weeks. So stay tuned for um, not next week, but the week after that, I'll be releasing that and letting you know how to get your hands on that emotional eating class. But yeah, so that's what we have to look forward to through the end of the year. And I'm here for you guys and I'm cheering you on. And if you're looking to go more in depth, I would love to work with you one-on-one. I am a one-on-one coach. I have a lot of, um, you know, mindset classes and uh, a self-coaching online course that you can check out on my website, theketofit.com slash mindset. But especially if you'd like to go deep one-on-one with a coach, I do have openings and I would love to take you on. It's never too late um, to invest in yourself. And it's also never too early (laughs) to get started either. January 1st is not magical. What is magical about it is how you think of it. And so you can give yourself that gift anytime. It's not too late for 2022. It's not too early for 2023 or whatever it is that you have in your mind. And if you're interested in working together, um, you can head on over to my website, theketofit.com. Everything that you need to know is listed on my website, even my prices. I don't keep anything a secret. I want you to know whether this is a good fit for you or not. And if you feel like you are... um, feeling really drawn to it and pulled in and you'd like to talk more about it, I actually offer a completely free curiosity call and you can sign up for that over on my website. Just put in a request form. It's at the bottom of any page of my website and we'll set up a time to talk more and I'll tell you how I can help you in coaching. So, all right. Thanks for sticking with me for um, those announcements. And now without further ado, here is our episode where I'm covering, again, it's formerly an Instagram live. So, you know, the video call, the audio quality might not be as awesome and you may hear some references to Easter, but I know it's going to be so helpful for you guys. So dig in and I'll see you on the other side. And um, now we're going to talk about four steps to navigating a successful low carb holiday. So again, I'm bringing this to you for Easter, but The advice is applicable for really any holiday or family get together that you might be doing um, over the summer or as we come back towards the end of the year if you're listening to this episode later. So the first tip is to get as much information as you can ahead of time. So I don't know if you're going to be the person maybe hosting this family get together. You can definitely, you know, look up some low carb recipes. What would be some good crowd pleasers? Um, hop on over to uh, my page. Um, again, it's at the Keto Fit on um, Instagram or Facebook, and I have some fun uh, recipes. And I'll be sharing those on my stories this week too. Some really good crowd pleasers that um, keto and non keto people alike will love. So do your research ahead of time in terms of what you want to make for your menu. But I think the more stressful thing is when you are not the person hosting. And that um, it has been a lot more of the commonality for me in the last seven years. So yeah, are you going to your sister's house? Are you going to your mother-in-law's house or your mom's house? Or are you just going to go to a restaurant? So try to get as much information as you can ahead of time by reaching out to your host or hostess. And if you have, you know, enough of a secure relationship there, just be straight up. Say like, hey, you know, I'm eating low carb. Um, What are you planning to make? I'd love to bring something and just try to get as much information as you can ahead of time. So usually um, with Easter coming up, there's going to be some type of main dish protein, a ham, a turkey, maybe some fish, Um, you know, with, I'll just give you an example. So like, with my mother-in-law, um, I probably wouldn't ask for a special accommodation 
on the ham. I'm just gonna accept that there might be a little bit of sugary sauce on there and uh, just kind of deal with that. But with my sister, I feel a little bit more comfortable and I might say like, hey, before you glaze that ham, you know, can you cut off a little section of it just for me? And she's done that for me in the past. So talk to your host or hostess, get as much information as you can ahead of time. Um, or if you're gonna all be going out to eat, just go ahead and look up your menu ahead of time and try to navigate, okay, what can I order that's going to work for me? Number two, and this is the most important thing. Ask yourself what you want your plan to be for you out of self-love, not out of people pleasing in any way, shape or form. So really take some time to sit down and think about it because you can have a successful low carb holiday sticking to low carb, eating exactly the way that you would normally eat the rest of your week. Or you could say, well, I'm going to have a little bit of deviations. Maybe I'm going to have a few more, you know, carbs than I normally would because it's a holiday. Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to just skip low carb entirely on this holiday. That's my prerogative. And I'm going to do that out of self-love for myself. But let it be something that it, it's truly what you want to do, not out of people pleasing. So, you know, we all have different different personality types. Um, you know, maybe you're kind of a perfectionist and Everybody knows that you've been following a low carb diet and maybe you do want to deviate on this holiday, but you're afraid that other people will have too many questions for you. Like, oh, that's not keto. That's not low carb. So maybe that is your form of people pleasing is that you want to still remain perfect even on a holiday. That could be a trap that you're falling into. Or maybe you're just... Um, you know, more like not wanting to cause any conflict or not wanting to rock the boat. So you're afraid to ask for any accommodations or you're afraid that, you know, people see you eating a certain type of way on a holiday and they're just plowing the Reese's eggs and you're going to make them feel uncomfortable because you're not indulging in the same way as them. So I want you to do your best to just wipe um, your mind free just for a second uh, while you're making your plan and ask yourself if nobody else were watching me, if, if I weren't even celebrating this holiday with anybody else, what would I want to do on this day out of self-love for myself? And again, self-love self could look like sticking, you know, very strict to the way that you're normally eating. You are like driving hard towards those weight loss goals. You don't care that it's Easter. You're like, it's more important to me to just stick to it. Or self-love could also look like, you know what? It's a holiday and I've been doing awesome and I want to um, you know, have that dish that my mom makes every year. I'm going to let myself have that. Or I really do want to have some Easter candy with my kids, whatever that might be. But as long as it comes from you and it's not people pleasing, let that be um, what you're going to do out of love for yourself. Okay. So number one was get as much information as you can ahead of time. Number two is ask yourself what you want to do out of self-love, not in order to please others. Number three, okay. Create your plan, even planned deviations. So words are important. Um, have have you ever called it a cheat, a cheat day? Have you called it a treat day? Um, I actually don't like to use either of these words because cheating implies like some type of morality with your food. There's no good food. There's no bad food. There's no moral food. There's no immoral food. And yes, we could go down the rabbit hole of talking about ethically sourced foods, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the self-talk that you have in your mind after eating a certain food and you, you know, feel shame or you feel bad. Um, you know, food is not moral. Carbs are not bad. They're not evil. It is simply a tool that you're using to restrict carbohydrates, to switch your body over into burning ketones for fuel, burning fat for fuel so that you can release some of that stored body fat off of your body and lose fat and achieve your weight loss goals. 
You're just using a tool. It is not good or bad. There's no morality to this whatsoever. So why would we call it a cheat? There's, it's not cheating. You're not, it, that's not a sin. That's not, you know, immoral in any way, shape or form. So that's why I don't like to call it cheating. And you know, I also don't like to call it a treat. Um, and the reason for that is because does that imply that you're not treating yourself great every other day that you're following a low carb diet? So you can treat yourself well, no matter what you're eating. So I also don't like to call it a treat. I just call it a deviation from your normal, regularly scheduled program. We're having a, a deviation from that on this day. And so there can be deviations that are planned deviations, and there are also unplanned deviations. And from working with clients and also from, you know, just doing this myself over the last seven years, I find that if it is a planned deviation, afterwards, you do not feel bad about it. You wanna know why? Because you did what you said you were going to do. And so you did, you did it, great job check the box, you were successful as long as you did what you said you were going to do. So unplanned deviations are a little bit harder to navigate because you have that inner critic that you, you know, inherited maybe from, you know, a critical caregiver or just whatever, you're, you're beating yourself up um, because you did something that you didn't plan to do. You can get past that. But that's why I'm doing this episode right now. So let's let let's not let the unplanned deviation happen. If you want to create a plan to deviate, that is still success if you ended up doing what you said you were going to do. So that's the third step. Create your plan, even planned deviations. So don't call it a cheat. Don't call it a treat. Call it a, a planned deviation if that's what you're going to do. Maybe you're not going to deviate at all, but we're going to come up with a plan. And so your plan has to be centered around what you have 100% control over, right? You cannot plan for things that you don't have any control over. So if you don't know what the menu is going to be ahead of time and you don't have the ability to figure that out, or maybe you're just don't want to ask because you don't want to be bothersome to somebody, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and do that anyway, because people love you and people want to support you and people want to help you. Um, but if you are like, okay, I actually don't have any control over that. Um, maybe because I'm choosing not to go there, that's okay. So, but we are gonna come up with a plan of what do you have 100% control over? And I wanna give you guys just some really, really practical tips of things that have helped me. So um, number one is again, ask for accommodations ahead of time. If you can reach out to the host or hostess and say like, hey, just wondering what you're making. And then when you know what that is and you know like, okay, I could eat, um, you know, the ham or the turkey, but it doesn't sound like there's any sides or, you know, maybe um, your mother-in-law is going to be making a giant salad and normally she would put like you know a fruity vinaigrette on it because that's what she likes to do with the goat cheese and the raspberry vinaigrette and the spinach or just whatever you could ask for a simple accommodation like hey that sounds so delicious would you mind just not putting the dressing on the salad or setting aside a, a little portion for me so that i could use you know a more um full fat no sugar salad dressing on mine like ask for accommodations if you can. Or if you're going to a restaurant, you know, you can call and ask for accommodation. Like, hey, would you guys be willing to do this, that, and the other? Um, so that's the first uh, concrete thing that you could try. The second concrete thing that you could do is to bring food with you. Um, so you could either bring food just for you or you could bring food to share with the group. So again, if you're talking to the host or hostess ahead of time, you know, you might feel a little bit weird. You know, sometimes what I like to do is just say like, hey, thank you so much for having us over. Um, you know, what can I bring? And that that sometimes will, um, you know, let the host or hostess like gently say like, oh, you don't have to bring anything. I'm planning on making this, that, and the other. Sometimes you might have to be a little bit more specific. Like, hey, can I ask what we're having? Um, 
You could even, you know, if you feel super weird about it and you have kids, you know, sometimes I've done that. Like, hey, just wondering, you know, Elsie's a little bit picky, just wondering what you're serving so that I can figure out, you know, what she can eat or whatever you wanna do. Um, but try to find out ahead of time. And then if you wanna bring food just for you, like let's say that um, your hostess is making um, appetizers and there's gonna be chips and dip ahead of time. So, okay, usually most dips, like a French onion dip or something is something that is keto that you could do. So you could just cut up some veggies um, or bring a bag of pork rinds or, you know, you could bring a portion just for you or you could bring enough to share with everybody else. So that's usually something really simple that you could do is just to bring some cut up raw veggies. You could, um, if you feel like it won't offend your host or hostess, you could even bring an appetizer to share with everybody. Like, hey, can I bring some cheese and olives and nuts just to share with the group? And you know that that's something that you can have. Um, and you can do this with side dishes as well. So um, again, I'm gonna share to my stories this week, um, you know, a strawberry broccoli salad, uh, it can be so delicious. Or my absolute favorite appetizer, that's a great side, but my favorite appetizer to bring that like literally everyone will tell you to bring this to every party forever in the future is a garlic bacon spinach dip that's just delicious. So um, usually savory recipes that are keto, everybody loves them no matter what. Desserts I find are a little bit like, eh, people can taste the difference and they're not really as excited about desserts. But um, when you're bringing food for yourself, so, so that you have more control over this again, um, you bring a dessert just for yourself or bring a dessert to share with everybody else. One thing that um, I find is a really good crowd pleaser dessert, and this is perfect for Easter, is like angel food cake with berries and whipped cream. Like everybody loves that, right? But you're just gonna have the berries and whipped cream and not have the angel food cake for low carb. Or again, if you're deviating, you know, do whatever the heck you want um, on this day, but that's just, um, you know, a simple tip. So if you're not gonna bring dessert for everybody else, you know, this is one of those times where it could just be really smart and easy to go grab yourself like a keto chocolate bar, like Lily's um, sugar-free chocolate bar, throw that in your purse. And then when everybody's eating dessert, you can have your thing and you're not feeling deprived and you're not feeling tempted um, to do what everybody else is doing. So another really concrete um, tactic that you can try at a family party or a holiday is um, to do uh, a sample plate. So usually there's like, you know, a, a ton of food and you're not really sure, um, you know, what's keto, what's not. Um, do your best, right? But you're going to grab a plate and, you know, fill up on your protein. And then for all the sides, um, try just a little bit, you know, um, to, you're just going to take really small portions of everything, a little sample size of everything. Um, and this is, comes in really handy too, if you're going to deviate from low carb, because yeah, you're going to, um, enjoy yourself, but it doesn't mean, um, it, th this tactic helps you so that you don't take so much of a portion of something that you're, um, allowing yourself to have, you're, you're deviating from your plan, so you're allowing yourself to have this portion of macaroni and cheese, but you took a huge scoop or somebody served it for you or whatever, and now you feel obligated to finish it, but you're like three bites in and you're like, you know what, this really isn't worth it to me. That I'd rather, you know, um, deviate and, and kind of spend my carbs on the peach cobbler instead of this um, macaroni and cheese, let's just say. So the sample plate comes in handy in that way when you, especially when you're going to be deviating so that you can just be really conscious about um, what you're what you're allowing yourself to have um, out of self-care on this day without going so crazy, without 
feeling um, like you're going to offend somebody if you don't finish the entire portion of the food that they made that you've now put on your plate. So try the sample plate method. This comes in handy with sides and it also comes in handy for dessert time too. Um, so if there's multiple desserts and you've already predetermined like I'm going to eat a sugary dessert because that's what I want to do on this day. If you do the sample plate method um, and take a little bit of each dessert and then consciously decide like, you know what, the brownie was my favorite. I'm going to go for a larger size portion of that now. And that's going to be like my full thing that I'm, that I'm enjoying. So, all right, another concrete thing, it's not food related, but look up some conversation starters online. Um, because have you ever just like, gotten those awkward things of like people pushing food on you. Like, here, try some of this. Here, try some. Oh, you can have just a little bite, you know, yada, yada. And sometimes it's really helpful to have specific uh, conversations that you can redirect people who are food pushers or who are just asking you awkward questions about like, why are you eating that way? Um, you know, and you just don't really want to get into it. It's really good to be able to redirect somebody with a really thoughtful um, question. You know, like, of course you can say like, how's your job going or just whatever, like, but sometimes fun things to do at the, at the table. Um, and it just kind of, I think it takes it up a notch and really helps people to go deep and enjoy the conversation together as well as the food is to ask like, you know, a fun question that nobody's been asked before. Like, what was everybody's first job? Or, um, you know, if you could, like this or that, would you rather be, you know, this animal or that animal and why? And kids love this type of stuff too. So look up conversation starters online and that'll help you navigate some of those awkward things of food pushing or just people asking you a lot of questions about how you eat and maybe making you feel like on the defensive and you just don't wanna deal with that. Redirect with thoughtful conversation. Okay, so that was some concrete tips on how you can actually formulate your plan ahead of time. So again, our four tips are get as much info as you can ahead of time. Number two, ask yourself what you want to do out of self-love, not out of people pleasing. Number three is to create your plan ahead of time, even the planned deviations. And number four is actually stick to your plan right? So I know we've all experienced this before of what does that feel like when you don't stick to your plan? You feel so disappointed. Sometimes you're heaping shame on yourself and no, that stuff isn't healthy, but what you're actually experiencing is um, what psychologists would call cognitive dissonance. You are not living out your values. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. And literally they've shown that they've, they've hooked up electrodes to people's brains and when somebody is feeling cognitive dissonance, it actually creates pain. Like it lights up the same center of the brain where you feel physical pain. So no wonder we hate that feeling and we're actually just like stringing together these thoughts of like, oh, I'm so awful. Oh, what the, what happened? Why do I always do this? Yada, yada, yada. We're trying to punish ourselves um, because our brain is trying to make sense of this painful feeling that we have. So we can avoid that if we actually just stick to our plan. So when you do stick to your plan, on the other hand though, you feel confident. You feel the, the reward centers of your brain are lit up. You're like, whoa, I just did what I said I was going to do. Like, go me. Even if it was deviating, you did what you said you were going to do. And then you've kept a promise to yourself and you're building up trust in yourself that provides you with even more confidence as you continue on your weight loss journey. Um, so that's what we would call um, a non-scale victory. I did what I said I was going to do. And you know, that's amazing. That's that's so important. It's more important, actually, than whatever the number on the scale is, is that you kept a promise to yourself. You trust yourself. So with that said, set yourself up for success by creating a plan that is overly generous as opposed to overly restrictive. And you know what? If you go into it and you say, my plan is... 
I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to consume more carbs than I would on a normal day. Whatever you think that that looks like, give yourself permission to be a little bit more generous with yourself instead of just being super duper strict because you can get into the moment and if somebody does offer you a dessert and you've said, yeah, I'm going to allow myself to have, you know, whatever dessert I want on this day, I'm going to eat low carb for my meal. But then when it comes to dessert, I'm just going to, I'm gonna just going to enjoy it because I love what my mom makes. It's a once a year thing that I'm going to do. And I'm going to have that peach cobbler. And then you do the sample plate method and you try a little bite of it. And you're like, I, I already made the conscious decision that I was going to allow myself to eat this whole thing, but I just really don't want to. And you know what, that's okay. So, but you've been overly generous with yourself and not only have you done what you plan to do, you've even, um, you know, exceeded your own expectations. So again, give yourself a really generous plan ahead of time so that you can set yourself up for success to keep your promise to yourself. Instead of being overly restrictive, like no, no matter what, like no matter what comes my way, I'm not gonna deviate, I'm just gonna be hardcore, you know, yada, yada. Give yourself permission. So, and you will succeed and then you will come out of it feeling so good about yourself as opposed to setting yourself up for failure by being overly restrictive. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you wish that you were taking notes, well, guess what? You don't have to go back and listen to it again to take notes because those four steps are actually listed out in a mindset exercise in my free self-care keto holiday guide, which remember you can go get your hands on that at bit dot lee slash self-care keto holiday the link is in the show notes make sure you go get your hands on it today guys have a fantastic week i will be back with you next week to start our emotional eating series and yeah have a fantastic week i'll be back with you soon